Good morning. You're tuned in for another edition of the Morning Motivational Moment. And my name is Malik Padgett. So good morning, friends, and welcome to this place called the Virtual Sofa. The Virtual Sofa is a unique experience. It's a place where we can come together, we can unwind, we can be ourselves. And I think what makes the Virtual Sofa even a greater thought is we don't have to be physically connected but in the spirit there's no time and space and so no matter where you are in the world no matter where I am we're always still connected on this place called the virtual sofa by way of the morning motivational moment this morning is extra special because I have a good friend and a co uh, uh, anchor if you'd like this morning and I'm going to let him introduce himself, but before I let him introduce himself, I'll tell you a little bit about him. He's a, re- a wonderful humanitarian, a wonderful speaker, author, creator of good energy, father, friend, brother, son, and all the great attributes that go with a great individual that provides so much support and so much love and so much light to this wonderful place, planet Earth. So, my good friend, please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about you. Hey, brother Malik, how you doing, man? Wonderful, brother, and thank you for joining us on the virtual sofa this morning. Oh, my pleasure. And as you're on the sofa, I am literally on the street walking as we speak. So, interesting enough, so you see you're on the street walking. Well, we know that exercise is amazing. So Jack is called in, and he's actually uh, Jack McHale, um author named John McHale, and he'll tell a little bit about your book in a second. But before we do that, he's actually walking, and we said, you know, this would be a great time while he's getting morning exercise. Sometimes it's simple. Jack, would you agree that sometimes when you're in the street this early in the morning, that there's not a lot of people, so you can really connect with the universal energy that's different when there's not cars and people and traffic? <laughs> Uh, it's like your, your morning motivational moment. I think uh, it's a nice place to feel the, the energy of the universe. Like right now, I'm walking and it's pitch black. You know, uh, what, it's 5.20, 5.30 a.m. Eastern time. And obviously you and I, we, we live in the uh, beautiful South Florida, so... It's pitch black right now, and you know, one of the things that I notice when I walk in the morning is the stars. Mm. You know, when you can see them, when it's not, you know, overcast, but it's, it does, it gives you a, a very, very different vibe, and there's a, uh, there's a silence, too. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy to say I can hear the silence, but... And you really can because there's no cars or there's very few and you don't have the, the background noise that's taking place during the day which well, I, say I can hear the silence because during the day there's so much going on that it's often hard to find that silent place and as I was saying it's hard to Words, uh, 
for anybody who was up at this hour and listening to your moments, they understand the beauty of that silence. And uh, that's the best way I can put it. It's, it's, it's an unspeakable thing, but it's real. And uh, there's an energy in it. And, uh, hey, I also put your words and your music in those moments in the morning. And man, I mean, it's the start to a great day. Let's put it that way. It really settles me for the whole day. Wow, let me interject right there if I could. You mentioned the silence. Now, let me tell you how valuable that is. Here on the Morning Motivational Moment, we talk about getting to that still place. That still place is when you can hear the voice of the Creator. So, we talk about prayer. Prayer is you talking to the Creator. But meditation and being silent is then when the communicate when the uh, when the you know, the the source who you call God, universe, energy, whatever people call um, Creator. That is when the creator can speak back to you and I is when we're silent. And I'm pretty sure you as an author, as a speaker, as a public advocate, as all the many hats that you wear, when you are walking and there's no one else around, I, I, I could I gather you probably get your most formidable information simply because your soul is at peace. You're gaining some exercise. There's not a lot of people and your voice to be able to hear it's just the stars. Could you talk about that vivid imagination that happens when you walk and there's no interruption? Wow. I mean, there's, there's not much like it. It's, uh, it's one of those times when you don't have to search for what it is you want to think about or feel or, you know... It's kind of like their intentions. We all want to set our intentions. But I feel like in the morning, and in the silence, I don't have to set my intention. I, I let whatever intention is to be come from another source and enter me. And I can honestly say I've never really had a, a bad intention enter me in the silence. Every now and then you'll get a negative thought, that's true. I mean, uh, I don't think you can have one without the other. I don't think you can have the good without the bad, and the beauty without the sadness, and, you know, just the extremes. But when it's real silence, I gotta say, it's like the yin and the yang. Uh, the goodness is full. So let's say if the goodness is the black and uh, the bad is the white, in the silence, I, I'm in that part of the yin and yang where it's a huge amount of black and a little bit of white, a huge amount of, you know, good intentions that will enter me. Once in a blue moon, a negative, but I just kick that out and just say, okay, shake it off. And a good one will come soon after. Interesting. Um, something else that I just gathered from you speaking, you mentioned not only just the silence, but the intention. We, you know, you're so intuitive because we speak a lot about the law of intention and what you give off and and what comes back to you. And we like mirror our actions. 
and the law of attraction speaks about you have what you what what you attract you attract what you think and what you are and who you are and so when you talk about that law of of intention and you're out in the morning and you're at a place of peace and and you did mention the polar the polar opposites of parts of black being good and the parts of the white being negative and it's interesting that you put it in that context because a lot of times it's associated differently black being negative and and the part of white being positive but in this case of the morning being dark being black it's where you gain positivity it's where you gain your peace your 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 joy and it's probably as beneficial to the start of your day talk about that talk about how essential it is to begin your day already on a foot of of you setting the tone to begin that day oh well i think the way you start out is everything and i'm not saying that if you're let's just say you're having a bad day that you can't reset because that's that's the word i use if i'm going through a day you know we, we have those days everybody does where it's like from one thing to the next thing to the next it's like you know like you're going down a tumbling down the steps you hit one and you're like okay i haven't stopped it boom i hit it and sometimes you say my god what kind of day is this like but you can reset and i do believe that you know you have to do that too however i am going to back that comment up with if you start right you rarely have a day where you're falling down the steps mm. and i mean I, my belief is a good start is like 90 percent of a good day mm. you know, there's a great chance you're gonna have a good day if you have a good start so essential wow that's powerful that, that, so that leads me to a question for you sure Okay, so the morning, you know, motivational moment, you know, moment. Uh, was there a reason you chose the morning for this moment? Because, you know, you're asking me about starts. And so I'd like to know, you know, not only why you chose the morning, but uh, what inspired you to start the morning motivational moment? So first I'll say, uh, I answer the latter first. The morning motivational moment was started because I felt that there was a need for people to recognize how to go to the inner place and where we are, how to know that everything that we ever needed, we already had. It, we came self-equipped from the factory already, straight from our creator. And many times we're looking up, we're looking to the left, we're looking to the right. We're looking for resources externally to balance us out, to give us what we need. Sometimes we're going to self-healers or we're going to, you know, church or we're going to different organizations. And they all have their place. But okay. the sole way to really redefine and connect to who you are is to stop, is to be still, is to find that quiet place. So for me... It's the morning to answer your first question, because in the morning, it's the start of my day. And like okay. you, if I could start my day at a place of peace, I can't plan for the unexpected. Excuse me. I don't know what the unexpected unexpected will bring. But what I do know is how I handle the unexpected. 
And having already planned, clearing my mind, clearing my energy, resetting the words that you said, resetting. The morning is an apropos time to do that because in the morning, it's you're brand new. Your body hopefully has rested through the night. And your body is ready now with a new day to begin. And what happened yesterday or last week? Today is a day to, to start over. It's a day to reset. It's a day to whatever didn't work the prior day. Now it's a brand new day. It's a brand new moment. It's a brand new focus. And so what better way to start the day putting the spirit, putting ourselves in balance, connecting, reflecting, changing what didn't work yesterday or the prior day this is another day to start over and so i felt the morning was the appropriate time it's the start of my day and second i just felt this program could benefit many people in a world where we're lacking love we're lacking love and so we need to come at a place of love and less judgment just love people where they are and judge not Except people people do not see things from our eyes. We don't see things from their eyes. Let's just be objective Let's be let's gather another perspective. And so in doing so I thought the morning was great motivation is what we all need and and This moment is where we are. We are consciously in this space right now Let's do something about it. What's your thoughts? That's kind of like how I got to this place. I love it in the moment because to me that's where all the really all the greatness takes place where everything takes place think yes. about it it's in the moment which right. leads me to one of the questions I've, I've had for you since you started this mm -hmm. and first I'd like to say that I love it mm, thank you uh, as we talked about silence and there's this intention that comes to you Mm -hmm. Not that you have to think up, but in silence, you wait for the intention to be brought mm -hmm. to you. And then you you spin your own, you know, tail on that intention. And uh, so one of the questions, the, the other question I had is, where, what, where does your intention come from? Like a lot of times my intention, it's, it's the, this morning walk, it's the darkness. It's the silence. Like where, where does your motivation come for your, for the motivation that you then share with the world in the morning? Do you, do you have a routine? Do you have, uh, you know, it's, it's open. It's a wide open question. I, I'm going to hear where you go with this. Sure, absolutely. So let me put it to you this way. Um, the first thing I do is when I open my eyes, I say, thank you. I think humility sets the tone for me. So when I wake okay. up in the morning, before I put my feet flat on the ground, not even out of my bed, I'm still laying, whatever, at this point, probably on my back. And I say, thank you, creator, for everything. Thank you for my life. People, some people did not wake up. Thank you for even having the opportunity to be here. I heard a world-renowned NASA scientist say, I don't remember the exact number, but of the people who made it, meaning of the body of the chemical matter that turned into a human body or embryo that turned into a fetus, a fetus that turns into a human baby in that stomach of the mother, 
the numbers are incredible of who actually made it versus the millions that did not and that alone makes me have come from a place of gratitude that says thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you creator for this time and space thank you that i'm alive thank you that i'm here to pass a message of love to someone else because i believe we're conduits we're not here for ourselves if we live a life that says we're here for ourselves when we die our legacy dies with us however when we live for the betterment of another person of another human being of of this earth that we reside that we lease that we borrow that we're supposed to be in charge of taking care of when we live for a message and a, and a position greater than self um it's the most rewarding part so then i get out you know after i give the universe the creator god the source my admiration then i get out of my bed and i meditate and in meditating i connect and sometimes i light a candle sometimes i'll just go outside and look at the water okay and other times i'll just look at my animals or i'll just look in the mirror and say thank you thank you god for me and after i do that brother when you talk about water like uh how about a little more in-depth because obviously you and i are friends mm -hmm. uh, i've been to your place on multiple occasions but i'm sure people who are listening to us speak right now they might hear you speak about the water and i just want them to tell i want you to, you know like let your listeners know a little bit about your your environment because i i mean I, i've been living in south florida my whole life and your environment to me is the ultimate so maybe you can share that with some of your listeners because when you, some people say i look out in the water there might be a canal in their backyard a lake hell they might even look out on a kiddie pool but right. you have a little different water view why don't you you know share a little of that and and, and uh and then tell me how how that inspires you sure Thank you. Actually, that's a great suggestion. I'll tell you why, because there's two ways that water inspire me. Before I talk about my vocation, physically where I'm located, I'll first speak about the shower. So in the shower, for some reason, two places where I get my greatest connection of what comes from that spirit, where I feel like the spirit talks or... or, or you know puts that message in me to for me or for others or mainly even if it's just for myself to make me better it comes in water and and water is symbolic with cleansing with not just physical cleansing but spiritual cleansing water is symbolic with healing water it brings life and wherever you can discover water you know that life can be there and so water is symbolic with life so for whatever reason when i'm in the shower or when I'm in the back of my house where the water is, I get this spiritual connection and this energy of greatness that comes. The other places when I'm walking, so when I'm walking my dogs in the morning in the neighborhood, I live in a peaceful neighborhood and I pick up the, the elements of the, the air, the earth around me and it is so beautiful. But getting back to your question about my where I live, I guess I'm blessed. Now, I used to do water in the shower always was beneficial for me. I always okay. gathered great insight in the shower because the water is healing. But now that I'm able to live where I live, I'll explain. 
when I go to the back of my house, I live on a huge river that leads into the bay, the Biscayne Bay here in Miami. And so when I'm when I go, I walk down the steps to the back of my house and I'm right on this water. This it's a it's a very active waterway. Not in the morning though, and that's what makes it great because the rest of the day is a very active waterway with vessels, commercial vessels, private vessels, uh, small little watercraft, jet skis and all. And that's interesting in its own uh, you know, way to, to look at people having fun on the water. But early in the morning, those people aren't out. Very little vessels are coming through. And I feel the energy of the flowing water. And it is so refreshing. The smell of the water, the smell of the elements around me, the the location to you know the location to where i am it all has this unique element so the water where i live provides great insight to connecting spiritually now i will say to people you do not always have to live by water go turn on your shower go turn on your water faucet and let the water flow it's the same energy of life it's this because water is provides uh physical life but it also provides spiritual life. There is something very spiritual about water. Yeah, hey. you know, here's something interesting. I, I don't mean to cut you off. No, sure, please continue. This was something that uh, that you said immediately. How you answered my question surprised me, but at the same sense, it, I thought it was a, an even better answer than the one I'm thinking you're getting ready to give, you know, and talking mm -hmm. about, you know, water and this river and you went right to, to talking about just the simplest things that everybody, mm -hmm. for the most part, has access to when it's a shower. Yes. You know, and you start talking about being under the water, having the water, you know, run off of you or just, it's cleansing. And I was like, wow, you know. Here I am asking Malik about the water, thinking he's going to tell me about the river. And like you said, you talked about the boats because I've been there and sat on your back porch and, you know, seen all the energy going up and down. And instead, you went to talking about a shower. Yeah. And, and I think that's even more defining because... Even in the midst of you being like right there, literally, I walk out your back door mm -hmm. to this incredible flowing water that then runs out into a bay and then into the Atlantic Ocean. And you talked about the shower. Yeah. Yes, it's incredible. And it's funny because nearly, you know, unless our homeless brothers and sisters, which we have compassion for, may not have access yeah. to a personal shower, may have to use public showers or whatever their situation is, which I send them love and light right now. It's the rest of us usually have access to some showers. Some people have fancy showers. Some people have little small showers, but we all have access to a shower for those that are not homeless, which we have right. compassion for. And so when we step into that shower you step into that shower whoever is in this listening audience steps into the shower we can all have the same experience let the water hit you let the water refresh you spiritually whilst refreshing you physically let that water which is life begin to speak to your soul let that water which is life baptize something new the morning so we talk about the morning motivation a moment it's another moment to start over 
most people take a shower on their way to work so they're refreshing their body for today as you okay. refresh your body for today let this so let's kind of end on this note as you, ref, you refresh your body for today and you're in the shower because this is what happens to me when i'm in the shower and the water's hitting me it's like i'm connecting with the universe it's like all that happened and all that was and all that is is now being washed away and i'm 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 refreshed i'm renewed i can reflect now i can heal because healing begins with us we have the power to heal ourselves and and i say the reason why i know we have the power to heal ourselves because for me i say i live i move i breathe and in the creator, I have my divine being. And having my my divine being in the creator. I am the creation. The creator and I are one. I live, I move, I breathe in the creator. In and out of the creator. With that being said, when that water hits, the, the creator and I have this unique conversation. Sometimes intuitively. Sometimes I speak audibly. But whatever it is, I know that I'm connected to the source. The source of all life. Before we go... Uh, John Jack McCall tell us a little bit about your book and then we'll leave the viewers for today so they can refresh in some water okay well first off I, I just I love what you said about the water uh, like in the morning let the silence kind of be your sustenance fill you up and then you let the water rid the uh, you know, like wash you clean of, I don't know, I guess of everything that kind of comes into our life from, from negative thoughts to negative past experiences to, you know, literally dirt and grime that builds up on our skin, you know, just through a normal day. It's, uh, I, I just, I love the way you put it, man. So, all right. A little bit about myself. Uh, 57 years old. I have been teaching in uh, Miami-Dade County Public Schools for 30, this is my 34th year. Wow. And uh, I started off, I did 10 years in the middle school in, in Opelika, which, you know, is considered the hood. Well, one of the hoods. There's many hoods in Miami, but it's one of them. It's, you know, poverty, uh, hard times, can be a place of violence, drugs, you name it. But I will tell you that I have loved, I love teaching there. I was there from 90 to 2000. Uh, there are some heartbreaking stories from that time, but there are some uplifting stories that it's hard to explain to people because I, you know, hey, I'm a white male, European mutt, you know, not even Spanish. And uh, I was in the school pretty much where the only white people there were a couple of teachers. That was it, not one student. And uh, people, you know, you tell them where you work and they're like, oh my God, you work over there? And I'm like, hell oh, yeah, I work there and I love it. They're like, oh, but isn't it dangerous and isn't, you know, you have so many preconceptions, you know, un unfortunately, misconceptions, I should say, preconceived misconceptions. And uh, 
I would always try to tell them that the arc, like if you took uh, the suburban school where you don't really have the poverty issues or, you know, other issues that you may deal with in a less financially well-off neighborhood uh, or a very poor uh, financial neighborhood. I could just imagine uh, like the McDonald's arch. I just stretch that arch much bigger. And I say, okay, in the, the bad elements, they're very bad. But in the good elements, they're phenomenal. So yes, did I deal with some very hardcore kids and some that honestly, I were unsavable, maybe a 1%. Yeah, I did. But I met some of the most incredibly inspiring, most down to earth, gentle, kind, humble human beings I've ever had the fortune, the good fortune, the blessing of being uh, a part of their lives. They enhanced me so much as a human being, even though I'm the teacher, you know, uh, they've been my teachers. Wow. So, yeah. So started in the middle school, 10 years in the hood. And then I went to a high school, Carroll uh, City High School, which is considered pretty much the same as my middle school. You know, considered a rough area. Rough. It's gotten really rough lately. It's Miami Gardens. Uh, and I did eight years there and I loved it. Loved every minute of it. And then I did three years at Michael Crop High School. And uh, that was very different for me because that was the most diverse high school in Miami. I mean, when I mean diverse, you had the richest of the rich. You had kids from Bell Harbor that went there. You know, you still had kids that weren't very well off, you know, that went there. And then culturally, oh my God, what a melting pot. You had Orthodox Jews from Israel. You had uh, Muslims. Uh, you had, of course, Christians. It's we live in the Western world. Uh, and then you had cultures. And in the black culture alone, you had Haitians and Cubans and Puerto Ricans and Bahamians and Jamaicans. And, and then, of course, Americans and the Spanish culture. It wasn't just Cuban. You had South Americans, Colombians, uh, all through Central America, you know, all, you know, very different just pretty much any spanish country you could name you probably had a kid there and then uh among the whites same thing you had a a mix of well-to-do average a few poor and you had some extremely wealthy and you had uh you know many whites from different parts of the world from europe so it was uh amazing experience and I did three years there but uh, it's imagine this me the European all European white guy I think I was a little too black for <laughs> for Michael Crop and their administration at the time uh, so led to some some issues in the way I wanted or thought the students should be treated in the respect that they should receive mm -hmm. and uh, what I saw take place with my own eyes 
uh, many of the minorities, the black kids in particular, were treated, which I thought was very unfair. It's my personal opinion. And, uh, and I spoke up about it, and it led to some problems. Well, let me ask you this real quick, only for the sake of time, because I would love to continue this conversation with you. Uh, regarding your your path we, we need to do a part two on this but let me ask you okay. so those thoughts a lot of those thoughts went into the creation of your book um and what is the title of your book oh sorry Malik. As, as you know my good friend that you are i can just run off on a tangent uh so the title of my book is called let it be known and it actually is based upon uh, around letters that I wrote to my students when I was at Carroll City. So from 2000, 2001, 0102, and 0203, I wrote a letter to every kid in every class, a personal letter during those three years. And uh, I'm not going to lie, it took a lot of time because especially when the second year came around, which was when 9-11 hit, in the very beginning of the school year, I just made a vow at that moment that I'd never have another kid in any of my classes that didn't know how I really felt about them. And wow. the value and the beauty and the talent and all the other good things that I saw in them, they were going to know that. Right. And so I wrote these letters. Mm -hmm. Each kid, it, turned out to be a beautiful thing many of them saved them i would see many throughout the years mm -hmm. who would have that letter in their wallet right. or whatnot and uh that was all that was that was my reward that was the the thrill and uh you know the that's all i really needed to say wow you know what this was so worthwhile investment of my time to share with my feelings with my students Right. And then about six years ago, a good friend of mine in passing asked me about a novel I was writing. And I said, well, you know, 200 pages in, 10 years, give me another decade and I'm done. And he said, too bad we can't come across uh, the kid that we saw at the club. I'm like, a kid at a club? What do you mean a kid at the club? And he said, no, he was grown. But I, I call him the kid because he was waving around this letter that he had. It was like, what? What are you talking about? And honestly, Malika, I didn't even remember. Mm. But he had, he still carried the letter that I wrote in ninth grade. So, you know, he was probably 20, had to be at least 21. So we're talking, he's had that letter, I carried it with him for over seven years. And uh, my buddy said, now that is a story. And I was like, whatever, I don't even want to hear anything like that. Who wants to read a book about letters from a teacher to student? Mm. And he just looked at me dumbfounded and said, are you kidding me? Letters from me with Jima, it's a movie now, letters from a Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King books. He said, people love that. And he said, just, and I said, whatever. And anyway, long story short, I woke up the next day, brain on fire, went through the 400 letters over the three years and broke them down into categories of the different types of students I've dealt with and then put inspirational stories in between the letters. Wow. And that is, that's the book in a nutshell. It's Love Letters, L-U-V, 
which stands for listening, understanding, and validating. And so love letters, listening, understanding, and validating letters, and life lessons. And when, and do, you life lessons. And when do you expect the book to be released? The book will be released within, within four weeks. It should be available for nice. purchase. So for the listening audience, you get to actually meet author John middle uh preferable preferable name jack mikhail author john jack mikhail and when the book you said it's called love letters correct yeah let it be known let it be known those love letters to students beautiful beautiful you know jack that's a perfect way for us to wrap up this segment Love is the defining message. Whatever we do has to be centered around love. And the fact that you embrace those students from many challenging backgrounds, from multiple diversities, from uh, marginalized communities, communities that are underrepresented by people who could care less. The fact that you brought something uniquely different from a different face that they don't expect to maybe receive that from says a lot about your character. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to remind the listening audience is something we talk about every day uh we can have whatever we say so therefore say exactly what we want and believe exactly what we say something else i try to end on this note by saying father creator thank you thank you thank you thank you in you i live i move i breathe get that breath in there jack take that breath with me Amen, brother. Big breathe in. Yes. Breath out. And we have our divine being. Lastly, I like to say that um, we're solar power. We should, well, at least for me, I aim to be a solar panel, a panel to receive light so that I can be solar powered and on fire for for the things of good. So I send them the listening audience light and love, Jack. This segment needs to be entitled Conversations with Jack About Love and Life Part 1 We need a part 2 No, Jack. no, brother There's two of us There's two of us This just gotta be a two for Tuesday What is Tuesday, right? Tuesday morning Tuesday, Tuesday morning Tuesday. So next Tuesday morning We need to have a completion Of this conversation More about the book More about you And and just enjoying the conversation so you know brother let's do a two for tuesday matter of fact we don't have to make this a next time we'll just make it every tuesday two for tuesday i like it brother two for tuesday so so then you know what next tuesday i expect the the audience is is going to expect two for tuesday so good to you i tell you what i will have my feet moving forward on the road in the beautiful silence under the stars and uh a conversation with uh another beautiful spiritual person and uh who actually is doing the same thing using his words his thoughts and his energy to put love in this world and and good thoughts in people's minds i mean damn right you can count me in on that conversation brother so well, that's all right beautiful. Tuesdays. yes and i want to just say everyone out there listening thank you for loving me love is the greatest message that we can give to each other it's not our judgment it's our it's our action love is a verb it's action and thank you for loving me thank you for joining us on the virtual sofa for this wonderful 
Morning Motivational Moment with John Jack McCall. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And Jack, I love you, man. Love you too, Malik. All right. You all have a wonderful day. And remember to refresh him with a great shower so you can reflect, re, re, rejuvenate, revise, and start over. Like Jack said, reset. Enjoy your morning. Love you all. Have a great day.